Well, today I want to speak about fresh fire. This month our theme is revival. And as Josh said, revival starts in us. Revival is not something that God just drops on a church and then suddenly a whole lot of signs, wonders, miracles and salvations happen because God did something sovereignly without us praying or being involved. Revival starts with us. And I want to speak about fresh fire, fresh fire. I've always loved fire, probably a little bit too much. I grew up on a farm, so I grew up collecting firewood, cutting firewood, making farm, uh, make, making fires, uh, having massive big bonfires and burn-offs and lighting things that I shouldn't and, and stoking fires. It's just kind of what goes in my wiring. I love fire. Probably, uh, and I, I'm, I've shared this story before, but that might be an, a hereditary thing because one of our children at the age of three, uh, in about three o'clock in the morning, climbed up this up the top of the pantry cupboard, found some matches. And, and at like 3.30 in the morning, knocks on our door and comes in and t- wakes me up and he's upset. And I'm like, oh, what's wrong, Mitch? What's going on? And, and he's like, and he's like, no, nothing, nothing. And, like, and he, he just seemed a bit upset. And then as he walked out the door, he burst into tears. I'm like, oh, this can't be good. And like any good dad, I thought you should get up, honey. But no, I'll get up. And so I got up and I w- went out to went to his room to find that he's been playing with these matches on his bed, and his room was on fire. His his bed was on fire. The carpet was on fire. The walls were on fire. The curtains were on fire. So very quickly, I woke Danielle up, and we, you know, we kind of did put all the things into practice and put the fire out and. I still remember Mitchell's great line. It's like he knew he was busted. And so he said to me afterwards, he's like, well, we've never had a fire in the house before, Dad, have we? Like, no, and we plan not to. So there's bad kinds of fire to have in your house. And there's good kinds of fire to have in your house. And the good kind of fire we want to have in our house is the fire of the Holy Ghost, the fire of the Holy Spirit. See, in the Old Testament, God was often represented or associated with fire. So when God would, would appear to Moses, he appeared to him in the form of a burning bush, a fire that wouldn't burn out. When, when God uh, was uh, protecting the, the Israelites as they escaped out of Egypt and as they went through the wilderness, by, by day there'd be a cloud protecting them from the sun in the desert, but by night God would be there in a pillar of fire because God always he associates with fire. Uh, when he appeared to Moses and the Israelites on, on Mount Sinai, he said, prepare yourselves. I'm going to come down and meet with you. He came down, the Bible says, in the form of fire. And the mountain was literally smoking. It freaked them all out because it was so powerful. At least on four occasions in the Bible, God came from heaven and lit an actual sacrifice, an altar that had been built and, and some, uh, some uh, a sacrifice that had been put on top of the altar and wood had been prepared. And God sent fire from heaven to light the fire. Now, I've had some trouble lighting fires before and had to use fire starters and persist, but I've never seen God send fire from heaven. That must have been an awe in inspiring moment. He did it when, when they first uh, presented to the Lord with the tabernacle. The Bible says in Leviticus 9.24 that people saw it and as fire came out of the presence of the Lord. 
when David went to build an altar on the threshing floor that he was buying that would ultimately become the temple of God in Jerusalem, the Bible says that fire, uh, God answered him with fire from heaven on the altar. And then when Solomon had finished praying and was dedicating the temple, so they were getting the temple together and they prepared the altar and they prepared the sacrifices on the altar. Again, it tells us in 2 Chronicles 7 verse 1, verse 1 when Solomon finished praying, come on, when we, when we pray, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and sacrifices. The glory of the Lord filled the temple. The priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled it. As well, another time, fire came down on the sacrifice on Mount Carmel where Elijah was there. So when God shows up, He often shows up with fire. He often shows up with, with fire for you and I. In fact, one of the responsibilities of the priests, and I want to read this to us today, in Leviticus chapter 6, verse 12 and 13 was this. If you're with us online, just tune in, listen to this right now. Meanwhile, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must never go out. outside. So when God designed the temple, outside of the temple in the forecourt, there would be a literal, uh, there would be a fire, uh, an altar. And that, that was the altar that fire came from heaven on. And his instruction was that fire must never go out. Each morning, the priest, someone say, I'm a priest. Each morning, you are, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you why in a moment. We're not going to call you father. It's okay. We're just saying with you. Each morning, the priest would add fresh wood to the fire and arrange the burnt offering on it. He will then burn the fat of the peace offerings on it. Remember... Just imagine the smell of that burning, crackling fat. Anyway, don't right now if you're fasting. Remember, the fire must be kept burning on the altar at all times. It must never go out. That was the job of the priest. Keep that fire burning. There would be daily sacrifices. The fire had to stay burning. Some, some of the priests, that was their job. So what you've got to understand is the Old Testament uh, gives us what we call types of and shadows, types and shadows. These are pictures in the Old Testament and in an imperfect way of what one day Jesus would perfect and, the, and Christianity would express, but it was shown as, a, as an example, a type, a, something, a metaphor that you and I would look at and go, okay, this is a picture of what God is going to do when Jesus comes to perfect us. God could only be found in one place in the Old Testament. It, it was the temple. And he was only accessible through continuous sacrifices on an altar where the fire didn't go out, maintained only by priests who were born priests into a holy order. Not anybody could be a priest. You were born to be a priest. And so th this was the picture of what it would look like to worship God. Then Jesus came along. This is the good news for you and I. Jesus came and he was the perfect sacrifice. And he said, I, instead of just being in one place where you can worship God, I'll live inside of everybody who, who invites me into their heart. Oh, you will become the temple of the Holy Spirit. Jesus will be the perfect sacrifice. You can worship God anywhere. And because when that happens, now the Spirit of God dwells inside of you. The, the perfect sacrifice has been paid for our sins. We no longer need to actually burn burn cows and lamb and all the other things they used to burn. Uh, but we can actually know God and God comes on us as living sacrifices in the power of His Holy Spirit. 
Matthew 3 verse 11 spoke about this. John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Everybody say fire. fire. He'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. I love that. Now, maybe you're listening today and you've never actually made a decision to, to begin a relationship with God, to invite God to live on the inside of you and, and to have a continual relationship with God. This is the good news of Christianity, that you, watching right there at home, can have a relationship with God, that you, sitting here today, can have a relationship with God, where God's not distant, we don't have to do a pilgrimage to Jerusalem to worship Him. He can live on the inside of us and we can have continual relationship with Him. And then comes an experience we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit where we get on fire for God. We get immersed in the Holy Spirit. We get the language of tongues. This is awesome news. I don't know if you can remember what it felt like when you first got baptized in the Holy Ghost. When you first... Well, that, that first time that you experienced the fire of God. Who can remember when you had that, that first experience? You, you began to speak in tongues. You got passionate for God. Come on, you know you did. You, you, you felt like an unstoppable force was on the inside of you. You're, you're like, you're speaking in an unknown language. Maybe you started in a trickle, but it became a flood because the fire of God got on you. You were hungry for God. You were passionate about God. You were on fire for God. Now, here's the interesting thing. God lit the altar supernaturally from heaven with fire, but He didn't do it every day. He said it's the priest's job to keep the fire burning. I'll light the fire, but you've got to keep the fire burning. You've got to keep the fire going. You've got to keep the fire alive. And as a New Testament Christian, you and I, the Bible tells us we're kings and priests. That means you as the priest are responsible for your fire. You're responsible for the fire that you've got on the inside. Because it's easy to get on fire but it's a little more challenging to stay on fire. It means that someone's got to get up early in the morning and put some wood on the fire if the fire is going to keep going. Someone's got to do some work to keep the fire going. It's not just, oh, I come back to God and it's His responsibility. He gets me on fire, but I've got to stay on fire. And I, I believe that C3 Powerhouse is a church of people who know what it is to be responsible to keep ourselves on fire. Oh, when you get on fire. I've just wrote down 10 signs that I'm on fire for God. 10 signs that you're on fire for God. I, I thought of doing a little survey where we gave ourselves a score out of 10 for everyone to work out how on fire I actually am. I don't know about you, but I've, I've enjoyed, I've, I've, I was dreading this fast. You know, my flesh was but I am enjoying it more than ever. I realize I needed it more than ever because it's like sometimes you just need to do some things that put wood on the fire of God to release more fire on the inside of you. When you're, when you're on fire for God, you love to worship. You spontaneously combust into worship. You're like, come on, you're just singing, shout to the Lord. How good was that outpouring song today? You love to, sing, you just, you love to worship. 
So do you love to worship? Let's, let's just do a self-check. How on fire am I today for God? Because if you were once on fire, but you're not now, that can change. The second thing, you love being in church. Come on, when you got saved, when you got baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're like, oh, Monday's the worst day of the week, not because you went back to work, because it's so far away from being in church. You're like, I love being in church. When are we going to gather again? How far? Oh, you're counting down. There's only three more sleeps until we get to come back to church. Who remembered that feeling? Well, that doesn't have to go away if you get on fire for God. When you're on fire for God, you love reading the Bible. Come on, who remembers when you got saved and baptized in the Holy Ghost? You took your little New Testament Gideon Bible to work. You opened it up during smoko and everyone else is having a smoke outside, but you open up your Bible because you were consumed with reading the Word of God. Do you still love reading the Bible? And yes, we do it by discipline, but ultimately it becomes a devotion. The, the reading the Bible is what gets us on fire for God. Now, you might not have an appetite for it, but when you get on fire, the appetite comes back. When you're on fire for God, number four, you just want to pray. You want to pray. It, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing to pray. That's why I love in this fast. You know, we're in 21 days of fasting, but I want to say to someone here today, you're like, oh, I missed the memo. Maybe you've been away on holidays or maybe you've, you've missed things for a while or maybe you're just drowning out your ears because you're like, that sounds painful. But it's not too late. Why, do, why not start a 14-day fast? Start tomorrow. You can do a 14-day fast because here's the thing. When you do it, I, I like the 21 days because it only takes 21 days to start a new habit. And some of you are starting a new habit because you're saying, oh, well, I'm going without this kind of food and I'm going without this kind of social media or this kind of entertainment and I'm making the choice by discipline initially to pray, but then I get an appetite for it. Then I just, I, just, I want to pray. I, I love to pray. I set prayer goals for myself when I fast. And, and so sometimes I'll, I'll drudge off to my study to pray because I'm like, I need to, I, I, by discipline, I need to hit the, the time goals that I've set. But then I come out of it going, Lord, you spoke to me. Your presence was amazing. Oh, that's right. I love to pray. When you're on fire, you want to pray. When you're on fire, you love being with other believers and talking about spiritual matters. You love it. You want to be with other believers. You, you, you're like, you know, I've talked to people and like, what? Not just on Sundays, but there's connect groups. We get to hang out with each other during the week. How many times can I do that? Well, as many connect groups as you want to go to. As many times you can join a Zoom group online for those of you who are part of our online location. You can join a group that meets. You can do Alpha. You can do, and you get together and you're talking about spiritual things. If I, so here's the sign. If I don't want to meet with other believers and talk about spiritual matters... That's a, that's a good indication of the level of fire that's going on in my life. And I need to do something about it. How are we going here today? When you're on fire for God, you, you, just, you love using your spiritual gifts. You want to prophesy over someone. You want to pray for healing for someone. You want, you, you just like, God, you've given me these gifts and I'm on fire. And I just, out of my prayer, I want to text someone and some encouragement. I want to, I want to encourage someone with a picture that God gave me because you're on fire for God. When you're on fire for God, you have a passion to share your faith. You don't hear the topic, oh, we're talking about evangelism and quickly jump under your seat. You're like, of course I do. Come on. Who remembers when you first got saved? 
when you first got baptized with the Holy Ghost and everyone saw you coming and they're like, "Uh uh-oh, here comes that freak Christian. Here comes the Bible basher. Here comes the person who just will not shut up about how awesome church is. They won't shut up about how awesome God is. What was that? That was the fire of God. And so when I'm on fire for God, an indication, a a, a test of my fire is I want to share my faith with other people. I want to do it. And I'm now, church, I want you to know I'm preaching to myself as much as I'm preaching to you today. Because the fire levels, the passion levels will wane. They'll come and they'll go in our lives at all different times. But I want you to know, you and I are responsible. We're the priests to put the wood on the fire of our own life to stay on fire. Number, okay, that was number eight, number nine, or number, that was number seven, number eight. Thank you. Your love for people is strong when you're on fire. You don't have to, well, you make a choice to do it, but it overflows out of you. Who's ever hung around with a happy drunk? Come on, I'm not asking if you are a happy drunk. Just to be clear, okay, that's, that was not the question. I see that hand though, Teresa, thank you so much. Who's ever hung out with, a, with someone and they're like, they're intoxicated and they're like all cuddly and huggy and expressive and, oh, I love you so much. You're such a beautiful person. You're, I admire, when I was in the Army Reserves, I'd hang out with guys and I, I wouldn't drink and they'd drink and, and, and you know, they'd come to me at night and they'd go, oh, I just love you and I just respect you. And, and you know, why? Because something unlocked them and they loved people. And I, the Bible says very clearly, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, when you're on fire for God, you love people. It flows up out of you. When That's number eight. Number nine. Come on, somebody. When, you, when you're on fire, for, who wants to be on fire for God? Who needs to turn the heat up a little bit today to be on fire? When you're on fire for God, you overlook offenses quickly. Oh, okay. Sorry to get practical. You're like, oh, they didn't mean that. Of course they didn't mean that. They, they love me. And God's forgiven me of so much. Because when you're on fire for God, you're so aware of the grace of God and His kindness and His mercy and His forgiveness that you're like, I can't hold that against them. When you're on fire for God, your passion for His presence outweighs your passion for your opinions. When you're on fire for God, you quickly forget people. Number 10, when you're on fire for God, it's easy to repent. You're quick to repent. You're quick to say sorry. Tears flow easily. So it's one thing to get on fire. It's another thing to stay on fire. I want to read that scripture to you again because I believe it applies to you and I. Leviticus chapter 6. Meanwhile, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. The altar represents sacrifice. So God's fire comes on sacrifice. The sacrifice of not eating some food for 21 days, for example. The sacrifice of putting some time aside to pray. The sacrifice of giving, giving to the house of God. The, the sacrifice of all of these things. That, that's the altar of our life. That's what fire comes on. It must be kept burning. It must never go out. Each morning, the priest. Come on, say, I'm a priest. Say it with a little more enthusiasm. I'm a priest. 
So each morning the priest will add fresh wood to the fire and arrange the burnt offering. Verse 13 says, Remember, the fire must be kept burning on the altar at all times. It must never go out. So let's think then about how can I keep the fire going? Because as I said a little earlier, I, I know a few things about fire, scarily. I, I know, for example, that fire works best on dry wood, not wet wood. This is the first thing I want to talk about, what will keep fire going. If you're trying to throw wet logs on the fire, if you're, if you're, I, I used to, okay, confession time, I used to uh, grow up on the farm and I would go and I would light fires. Uh, in little areas. And if I found some dry grass, I'd light a fire and then I'd pretend to be a fireman and I'd go around putting it out. I wonder where my son got it from. Anyway. And so that was all really good until one day I got, it was like a, a drought kind of season and all of the grass was dead. And I'm lighting my little fire and it's just kind of having fun, letting it go and then suddenly it just got out of control. And it, and it just whoosh, it just took off and wind blew and, and the fire brigade got called and, and they had to come and put the fire out and my dad got blasted because I was probably 11 years old. My dad got blasted for me lighting the fire. So that was a lesson learned at, at the age of about 11. But I learned this, that dry things catch fire way quicker than green or wet things. Fire comes on dry things. I was thinking about that. I was meditating on that. What is, what is God's fire? Who does God's fire come on? What really burns? And I just I began to think about, uh, about how we can get waterlogged with the ways of the world. And how we can get, we can just get actually so in the world. The Bible says we're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. And so we can get so of the world that we don't even realize that we're, we're soaked, we're thinking a certain way, we're saturated a certain way. And, and so the way that, I, this is how I believe it works. If we want to get on fire for God, one of the key points is to ask the Holy Spirit to show us where we've been caught up in just the, the, the apathy of the world and to just repent, to repent. Acts 3 verse 19 says, repent then. And turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. The times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Repentance. So for me, I've spent, I like in the early part of a fast, I like to spend some time just saying, God, put your finger on what's not good in my life. What have I accepted as okay? Sometimes I can say, well, I don't want to be overly religious, so I'll just I'll allow this to happen in my life because I don't want to be overly religious. But I have to come and repent and maybe you can join with me today and say, Lord, I want to repent. repent. Maybe, and I'm not talking about the big ones. Often we're like, oh, well, I'm not doing the big ones. I haven't murdered anybody this week. I'm being pretty, you know, I haven't, I haven't cheated anybody this week. I haven't. You know, I haven't told her any blatant lies this week. Well, if you have, you need to repent. But what about prayerlessness? What about unbelief? What about apathy? What about taking the Word of God in a casual way? Hmm. What about being critical? 
What about being opinionated? What about being more passionate about my opinions than the presence of God? What about being unforgiving, being judgmental? Those things that sometimes we don't even realize I'm waterlogged because I have a certain pattern of thinking and I need to break that. And I need to ask God to come and, Lord, would you change me? I, I want to be on fire and I won't be on fire while I'm wet with sinful patterns and habits and gossip and stuff. So God, I'm going to repent and I'm going to repent on a daily basis because I'm, I've got to let my mind be aware that these things are not the ways of a Jesus follower. These things are not the ways that give honor to you. These, if, if I'm going to change, then change doesn't start with a New Year's resolution. Change doesn't start with me making a determination that I'm going to try harder. Change starts when I get honest with God and say, Lord, would you forgive me? I'm repenting. Would you cleanse me? Would you dry me out on the altar so that I can stay on fire for you? A repentant heart is the key to getting the fire of God back. A repentant heart. That's number one. Dry wood, not wet wood. Number two is together, not apart. The quickest way to put a fire out, like to, for, to, if I've got a stick, like an independent stick to put it out, is to take it off the fire and isolate it. That's the quickest way. Because together, fire works together. And this, this one's on fire and that one's on fire. And, and then they catch fire off one another. When you want to start a fire, you stack up the little twigs and you put the fire lighter underneath it. And they catch on fire and they catch off fire off each other. And then they, the, the, the fire works because there's unity and they're together. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. They were together. There was a unity. You, you know what? Those of you watching online, you can be together in one place by being in a Zoom room. I'm telling you right now, you don't have to. You can be any part of the nation and you can jump in a Zoom and pray. You can jump in a Zoom and be online. But there's a power in being together. There's a power of be, being together. And this is what the Bible says. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of Fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. They're filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. There's something about getting together. That's why we, we, we uh, turn our program upside down uh, when we're in a period of fasting to get back on fire again. Lord, we, we want to get back on fire as a church again at a greater level. That's, so tonight on site, we're like, we'll have church from 6 till 7-ish and then we'll have a 45-minute prayer meeting from 7.15 to 8 o'clock. And then I think Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we're here for half an hour. We're online those mornings as well at seven o'clock. And so uh, there was a hundred people this week on Wednesday morning, either in this room or praying on Instagram online as we're saying, God, we want to be on fire. And the way we get on fire is together not separate. That's why this Tuesday night as we, we gather together for Dream Team United, it's a prayer meeting. It's a, it's a, it's a powerful time. We'll pray, we'll preach, we'll, we'll be together because when you're together, because you're on fire, I'll get on fire. Because you're on fire, I'll catch some fire. It'll, it'll spread from one to the other. Someone say together, not apart. That's how fire flows. And the last one is fire flows like this. 
when I was a kid in my grandparents' place and I, they had an open fireplace and I got to play with it, stoke it, light it up. I never burned any carpet. I'll tell you, I was a good boy in that house. But they had these little things, I forget what they're called, but they're like little blowers and you pump them. What was it? A bellow. A bellow. And you'd get the bellow and you'd pump the bellow. I've seen, I've seen bellows that are like this tall. They're so massive. Or little hand, handheld bellows. And you, you, because the wind turns the coals into flame. Just recently, Danielle and I were away and we, had a, we were in a cabin and we had a fireplace and my head stuck in the, in the flipping fire. <laughs> Just blowing on it, blowing on it because I'm trying to blow to get the, the embers to become a flame. And there is an ingredient in getting on fire that doesn't come from you and I. It comes from the breath of heaven. It comes from the wind of God. That's why I love the, the Hillsong Song Revival where it says uh, we need a fresh wind. We need a breath of heaven. And so when we're praying, we're not just praying, God, can I get on fire? We're praying, God, would you send a fresh wind? Would there be a breath of heaven that would come upon our church? Would there be a breath of heaven that would come in our powerhouse conference? Would there be a breath of heaven that would come in our times of prayer where those of us who are embers and got a still sort of a bit of a flame going, but you'd catch us on fire again, God, that we'd be sold out and passionate for you and for your presence and for your purpose. Oh God, we want to be on fire let there be a breath of heaven come on us right now. I want us to pray together. Would you close your eyes wherever you are? Those of you who are watching online, those of us in the room, can we stand to our feet? In fact, wherever you are, at home or online, let's just stand to our feet right now. Father, we want to be on fire. Reach your hands to heaven. If you want to get on fire today, if you want to rekindle the fire of God, Father, we want to be on fire. We want to catch a fire again. Would you pour out your Holy Spirit upon us? Would you blow wind of heaven across our church? In Melbourne, online and here on the Sunshine Coast, would you blow wind of God? We need a fresh wind. We need a stirring of God. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Pour out upon us, pour out upon us. For those of you who are online right now, I'm going to hand you back to Pastor Teresa. God bless you. Thank you for joining us.